Good morning. Please join me with an opening prayer. Heavenly Father, I come humbly before you to ask that your word be spoken and that your word be heard. This I ask in Christ's name. Amen. If you place the gospel story of this morning in context, Jesus no doubt had spent the previous night with his friends Mary and Martha and Lazarus at the town of Bethany, which is on the other side of the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he began to travel to Jerusalem. It was going to be the first uh, Palm Sunday. What a magnificent view of the city he would have as he came over the brow of the hill that is the Mount of Olives. He held before him across the Kedron Valley the city of Jerusalem glistening in the morning sun. It was said that when pilgrims came to Jerusalem and saw the gleaming white city, they would cry for joy. The irony here is that Jesus our Lord cried tears of pain and sorrow, not joy. On the Mount Zion, there is the temple of Herod before him, a beautiful marble edifice with its colonnades and golden dome. So beautiful. And yet as he looked at the panorama of the city, he could only weep. In Matthew's gospel, Jesus, who loved the city and loved the people of Jerusalem, said this, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, murderous of prophets and stoner of those who sent, were sent to you, how often I have yearned to gather your children as a mother bird gathers her young under her wings. But you refuse me. So Jesus wept. It's the second place in the scriptures that we read that Jesus wept. Remember that he wept at the tomb of his friend Lazarus. Now he's weeping over a city, for he knows what is to happen to that city. In less than 40 years, Roman legions would come down from the north, sweeping all before them until they laid siege to the city of Jerusalem. They completely cut it off, built their ramparts, and eventually breached the walls, entered the city, and slaughtered everyone they could find. The Romans were incensed at the latest Jewish revolt and paid special attention to the temple, the holy of holies for the Jews. They took it apart stone by stone, so that even today, only a few bits remain. Jesus was right. There was not a stone left upon a stone. Now he was to enter that city on the first Palm Sunday to the accolades of the people. Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But by the end of the week, they would be crying out for his blood. Crucify him, crucify him. The crowd was that fickle. Jesus, our Lord, did not cry because of what was to happen to him. He would be arrested and tried and scourged, crowned with thorns, spit upon, nailed to a cross, and die an ignominious death at the gate of the city. No, he did not cry over that. He did not cry for the fate of the beautiful city that he loved, nor did he cry for his own fate that he could clearly see. He could feel the shadow of the cross on him, but that was not why he cried. Instead, he cried out for something else. He had called them to himself. He had announced to them over and over again the coming of the kingdom of heaven. Two messages rang loud through the streets of Jerusalem. Repent, change your lives, and come follow me. 
and they did not hear the word. And in today's gospel, Jesus expresses the hope. I wish that even today you could find the way of peace. Their indifference led to their downfall and destruction. So Jesus wept. What the people wanted was a resurrection of the house of David and a Jewish state free of Roman oppressors. They didn't want a kingdom of heaven, whatever that meant. No, they wanted a worldly kingdom with armies and all the traffics of trappings of physical and military might. What the religious leaders wanted was a continuation of the very profitable business at the temple. They wanted a continuation of the money-making practices of the temple that made them very rich and powerful. Because of their wealth, they were influence peddlers, movers and shakers in the city, part of the A-list, all good for the eagle, and all very hard to give up. That very day, Jesus would try to clean up some of the activities at the temple, turning over the tables of the money changers and scourging them isn't good for business. The religious leaders didn't want life-changing messages from some itinerant preacher and healer from Galilee. No, thank you. We're not that into you right now, Jesus. We're quite happy with what we have. Jesus offered the people what they needed and the people didn't want what Jesus offered. And today, 2,000 years later and thousands of kilometers away from Palestine, does Jesus weep for us? In this pretty little town of Paris, he still is wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, the prince of peace. He hasn't changed a bit in 2,000 years and never will. His message of love, redemption, acceptance, peace, and the life everlasting are still the same and always will be. But are we listening any more than the people of Jerusalem did 2,000 years ago? I think that if we listen to our hearts, we know what the answer is. We can hear Jesus crying over us, our communities, and our society. A number of years ago, a former priest of ours explained that sin uh, explain sin as those things that keep us from having a full relationship with Jesus. As a definition, I can't think of anything better. Keeping us from a full relationship with Jesus, if that is what sin is, now I think that Jesus has a lot to weep for today. There are, of course, the outward signs of sinning in our society and within us that would give Jesus pause and a deep sigh of sadness. The sins of hate, anger, of abuse, of power, of corruption, and so on. But rather, I think that Jesus was crying about the indifference, the indifference of the people in Jerusalem, people that he loved, people that he offered all that they needed, but who would not accept the gift. That's why Jesus wept 2,000 years ago. And that's why I believe he would weep for so much of our society today. Of course, there is the blatant sin, sinfulness everywhere, but even more, more so, there is the indifference that says, well, yeah, Jesus is all right. Christianity is okay, but I've got other things to do. I've got other places to be. I've got other more important interests at stake than religion. And so Jesus weeps for us all today. It's that kind of indifference that spawns so much of the other evil that we see. If a person loses his mooring of faith in God, 
How can that person be expected to behave in a civilized and virtuous way? It begins with indifference. More to be pity are those people who know that Jesus is Lord, that there is no other, and yet fail to follow him. More to be pity they than those who have no idea who Jesus is and do their wrong. More to be pitied is the person who has been baptized and confirmed, sealed by the Holy Spirit, and fails to live the life of the Spirit described by St. Paul in the first reading. That person is to be pitied. That is the person over whom Jesus would weep. So what can we do about it? Individually, we're not going to change our communities or societies. We know that. But communities are more than just buildings. Communities are people, and that includes us. So let's work on ourselves. Would Jesus weep over us? That's the question that we have to ask this morning. Would Jesus find things in us that he would want us to weep over, that he would want to weep over? But relax. He says, For this I came into the world, in order that you might have abundant life that you might have peace in my name. We all have those things to work on, but relax. Jesus has always been there for those who turn to him. He has always held the hand of those who have reached out to him. He has never despised a broken and contrite heart. Jesus will be there when you turn to him with open arms, always has, always will. This morning as we take part in the Eucharist as our Lord Jesus taught us, we'll be washed with his blood and eat the bread and body of our heavenly Savior. Let us pray for our communities where each of us lives. Let us pray that you and I can make a difference with other people, that they might know who Jesus is because he shines through us. Please join me in a closing prayer. Jesus, you weep for us when we go astray. But no matter how far we go away from you, we know that you welcome us back with open arms. You forgive our sins, even for the sins we do not realize we commit. Jesus, fill us with wisdom so that we will follow you. May you bless us with your never-ending love. Amen.